Equality. What is it and how do we pursue it? It used to be that equality was a thing that we understood to level the playing field so anybody who wanted to could work hard and get ahead. We called that the American dream. But now, equality, by definition, is changing and changing fast. What is the Equality Act that this presidential administration is poised to push through and what do we need to know about it? Welcome to Church Public. Here we go. All right, welcome to Church Public. I'm glad that you joined us here today. If you haven't already, go to churchpublic.com, check out some of the past episodes, check out the social media links, check out the support page if you want to help us out. We have a lot going on, and as I mentioned earlier this week, we are still in the tech apocalypse, so unfortunately, only audio episodes this week. Hopefully, we will get back to video next week if it all works out. Um, Just wanted to talk this week about equality and the Equality Act. A lot of the conversation that we've been having lately is about free speech, and that's because the whole of the society is based around this freedom to say what you want. It's not just that it's in you know, the Bill of Rights and those other things. It is that societally, culturally, we need free speech. We need to be able to walk around and say what we need to say so that we can have open and honest conversation and allow even and especially viewpoints that we don't agree with so we can come to the best solution because I admit I don't know everything. You should admit you don't know everything. There are really smart people who have gone before us that have worked out some of these things and we have to wrestle with them just like our fathers and grandfathers and 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 generations and generations before tried to wrestle with things and tried to make the world a better place. We have to be able to do that and this it seems now constant pressing in of you're not allowed to say this, you're not allowed to think this, you're not allowed to look this way or look that way or do this thing or do that thing. It's really bad for a culture because it doesn't allow freedom, especially in art, and it doesn't allow freedom to express yourself and and do what you need to do to figure out what's real, what's true, and I'll keep saying this, more truth is better than less truth. There's this contingent that keeps saying that if we just get rid of the voices we don't agree with, then then we'll have the best situation. But that it's not true. It's never been true in the history of humanity. It's always better to have more truth than less truth. But today we're talking about equality. And who doesn't want that? And if you haven't heard about it already, even last Friday, the Biden administration said they're going to push this through as soon as possible. The Equality Act in 2019 was proposed by some legislators, and it actually passed in the House, but it did not pass in the Republican-controlled Senate at the time. And now, since they're, I mean, basically, again, I don't want to get into the all the legislation of it, but the Senate is split basically 50-50 with Kamala Harris as the deciding factor, but then there's some other factors. Anyway, all that doesn't matter. What matters is this probably will go through. It'll go through through sooner than later, and it probably, even if it doesn't go through in full, it will go through in part and pieces. And over the past several years, we've seen this even at state levels. So what is this, and what is it about? Well, this act and some state-leveled ones like it already in place will affect business owners, churches, religious schools, adoption agencies, foster providers, and in fact, free speech, as we just talked about, and we'll get to a bunch of those things. So as I mentioned last Friday, President Biden said he was going to recommend this act be passed as soon as possible. And equality sounds great. Of course, we want equality, as I mentioned in the intro. That was the founding ideal, that we level the playing field and everyone has an opportunity 
this pursuit of happiness that it talks about in the declaration is this idea that the ground is leveled so that you can work hard and you can achieve what used to be called the American dream. That is not at all what this act is talking about. The language in this act amends the Civil Rights Act to add to the existing discrimination laws, and it adds the prohibition of discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. And let me be clear, no one should discriminate or be discriminated based on anything in a general sense. The Civil Rights Act is very clear on that, and it makes perfect sense. Discrimination based on immutable physical qualities is wrong and terrible in every single situation. For instance, not hiring somebody based on skin color in every instance is wrong, terrible, evil. Not allowing someone inside a business or a restroom or a school based on skin color is wrong in every single instance and is evil and immoral every single time. But then we get to additions like this that add on, like this Equality Act is trying to do, additions that until the last five minutes were immutable characteristics, like your gender, which was given at birth. Even at the very beginning of humanity, God talks about being male or female. And Jesus, the apostles, like Paul and others, talk about the goal of marriage being between one man and one woman. Now, you have the freedom to do whatever you want. And actually, I'm not going to stop you, and I don't want anyone to stop you from doing whatever you want. But as Paul points out, everything, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. So do whatever you want to do. You can do whatever you want to do. You can love whomever you want to love. I don't really care, and I don't have to agree, but now we get into where this Equality Act comes in. This act proposes to force me as a business owner, church pastor, school administrator, etc., to change my beliefs to accommodate your life choices. For instance, in business, here are some examples that have happened at the state level that will be like this federal level equality act. You may have heard of the cake shop in Colorado where two men walked in and requested a custom cake celebrating their same-sex wedding. The owner of the shop actually said, you can pick out anything pre-made and he would be happy to sell it. He just didn't feel comfortable in his religious beliefs making a custom cake. Instead of going to another cake shop, this was brought to the Colorado Civil Rights Commission and the commission found the cake shop owner had violated the state's sexual orientation and gender identity laws, laws that will just will be just like the Federal Equality Act. The shop owner battled this for six years, had death threats, lost untold business, half of his employees, and I would say he lost some of his religious freedom. And in the end, the, act, the owner actually won the case at the Supreme Court level, but the damage to him and his business were done. This is not the only story of recent events where this type of thing took place. There was a flower shop in Washington State with almost the same story. There was a t-shirt printer in Kentucky with almost the same story and on and on and on. In each case, businesses were persecuted outside of the actual law. They were hit with social media campaigns, boycotts, death threats, public criticism, even from elected officials, and on and on. This Equality Act is the same type of legislation and prosecution that is proposed or is in place at these state levels and it's coming at the federal level with the equality act again as believers we're called to love everyone but sometimes love takes the form of not supporting different actions and especially when it comes to religious beliefs you can't do something that is against what you believe and we used to know this we used to protect this we used to encourage this but now both as a culture and as a government, people are being forced to do things that are outside of what they want to do. 
In each of these cases, it's important to note the owner did not go out of their way to persecute anyone. They even offered other services, but could not comply with requests to personally violate their beliefs. The act is bad because it pretends to help everyone become equal, just like we talked about in the Declaration. But to find this equality, it actually suppresses the beliefs of others it does not agree with. And the only way to suppress people's unwanted beliefs is with the force of government. We've seen this through history over and over and over again. The cake shop, the florist, the t-shirt printer, these are all real-world examples of businesses that have been forced to comply with social demands against their religious beliefs. And not only will this Equality Act affect businesses, but it will affect churches. Churches have been, till this point, a protected category because of some religious freedom tenants. But... And, and, and these laws are important for religious freedom, especially when it comes to hiring, because it makes sense. For instance, if you're a Christian church, if a Buddhist uh, minister comes and says, I want to hire, I want to be hired, it doesn't make sense. The religious beliefs are contradictory and they wouldn't result in a positive outcome for anyone. No one would be happy with that, the, the employee or the employer. The, the outcomes, the goals, the objectives are different and it just doesn't make sense. And... It actually is a similar situation when it comes to gender identity and sexual preference. The Christian belief is of a relationship between one man and one woman, and that a man is a man and a woman is a woman and a man is not a woman. And that's not a popular cultural belief right now, but that just is the baseline Christian belief when you read the words of Jesus, Paul, different apostles, Old Testament, New Testament. It it basically is all the same throughout. So it may affect churches. Here's another level of a state-level uh, example in Massachusetts. State officials declared churches are subject to what's called public accommodation laws, and that's the same type of law that the Equality Act is promoting and, and will encourage if it is pushed through. These public accommodation laws, so for instance, if a church hosts a public activity, this can be anything, a dinner, a movie night, a, anything like that that is a public service, a public event, then being subject to public accommodation laws, they would have to open women's restrooms or dressing rooms or the like. They would have to open those to biological men or men who identify as women. You have to do this according to these public accommodation laws. So in Massachusetts, that would have meant if you don't open up these areas, you could receive fines or even jail. This actually impacted people like Pastor Esteban Carrasco and the House of Destiny Ministries, Esteban and his church wanted to open a women's shelter for survivors of domestic violence. So, in other words, this is women who have been in domestic violence situations, but according to the interpretation of this public accommodation law, they would be forced to allow men who identify as women to use the same changing rooms, restrooms, living facilities as the vulnerable women. Hopefully you can see that's a big problem. We're trying to protect women who have been survivors of domestic abuse situations, but including biological men who identify as women in these living situations, that's not a safe environment for them. Fortunately, in, in Massachusetts, this situation was reversed based on a lawsuit, but this is the situation the Equality Act is proposing nationwide. If a church is to hold an outside event, a public event, they could be liable and subject to these public accommodation laws to allow men who identify as women into women's restrooms, changing rooms, etc. This also affects schools, like colleges and universities, and even high schools at this level. 
it forbids college students from using their federal tuition assistance at schools that discriminate based on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. In other words, if a university, a Christian or religious university, has a code of conduct, which many do, prohibiting things like sex outside of marriage or doesn't let uh, biological males into these areas, like we talked about with the churches, restrooms and changing rooms and the like, then they may not be able to use their tuition assistance, loans, and grants. And just about every college and university in America has some level of loans and grants. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. And then another thing at the college level and actually the high school level is the allowance of biological males who identify as women to compete in women's sports. And if they don't, they could lose federal student aid and other things. And we are already seeing this across the country. In Connecticut, two biologically male runners won 15 state championships between 2017 and 2019 in women's sports. Too many of the biological women on the teams, that didn't seem like a fair shot. So again, this is titled the Equality Act, but if we're talking equality, the women that were on these sports teams, that doesn't feel very equal to them. Being the party of science, the left, is generally confusing when when they refer to the biology that males have. Scientifically, males have longer and larger and more dense bone structure. They have stronger ligaments, tendons, and muscles that provide strength and injury resistance. They have higher muscle mass to body weight ratios that provide greater speed and acceleration. For example, the fastest female sprinter in the world is named Allison Felix. Her lifetime best in the 400 meter is 49.26 seconds. In 2018, based on data provided, there were around 300 high school boys just in the United States, that could beat her time. But we're being asked to believe that letting biological men compete in colleges and high schools will be and create a more equal situation. Now, I said before, and I'll say again, if you want to live this way, fine. I I really don't care. It makes me sad, but you have to make your own choices. But if you want to compete in sports as a man against women, and we're supposed to think that is in pursuit of equality and fairness, I struggle to see that. I struggle to see how letting these unmatched pairings creates a better competition. And then finally, we'll talk about free speech. This Equality Act could keep you from saying things that are biblically true and have been the norm for basically all of human history until recently. Things like, as I mentioned before, marriage is between a man and a woman. Things like a man is a man and a woman is a woman, or more controversially, a man is not a woman. It may keep you from saying things like that. And not only could this Equality Act keep you from saying these things, it could also force you force you to say what you do not believe. For instance, In Ohio, officials at Shawnee State University punished a professor for declining to refer to a male student as a woman. The story goes that after class, a male student approached Dr. Merriweather and demanded to be referred to as a woman. Dr. Merriweather did not immediately agree. The student was very aggressive and agitated, uh, swearing and promising to get him, the professor, fired. The student filed a complaint with the university. Dr. Merriweather believes that God has created human beings in his image, male and female, as we talked about on this show just now. And God does not make mistakes. He believes it's harmful 
to say something uh, against this nature. He tried to offer the student a compromise. He said, I will refer to the student by first or last name only, given name, right? At first, the university accepted that compromise, but then the student kept demanding to be called by the female pronouns. So the Shawnee state officials demanded Professor Dr. Merriweather refer to the student as a woman, and he has been disciplined when he did not agree to do so, and he may lose his job or worse if he does not comply with these demands. So it's not just that you cannot say or may be forced to not say the things that are true. You may be forced to say things that are not true. And this, again, goes against free speech. We need to live in a society where you can express your opinions on things. You may not agree with anything I've said today, and that's your right. You don't have to agree with anything I said. You can read the Bible. You can read Darwin, you can read whatever you want and come to your own conclusions and all of that is fine. But if you say two things, one, I'm not allowed to say whatever I feel like is my opinion that infringes on me as a human. But then if you say, I have to say certain things, I have to call you certain things, even if I don't believe they're true. Again, as this professor said, I will call you by your name. That's fine. If that's what you want to be called, no problem. But if I can't work because I'm because I don't want to call you something that I don't believe is true, that runs into more personal problems. When we talk about religious beliefs, religious faiths, upholding what you believe to be true, and this country was originally started on the place where you can say what you would like to say. Now, I want to turn this back to Jesus because you may be sitting there and you may be really mad at me for saying all these things. And and again, that's your right and that's your prerogative. I'm just trying to speak the truth as I see it based on what I read through God's word, through Jesus' word, through the word of the, the apostles and the disciples and everything that I've come to learn and that I believe is true. And what I want to leave with is Jesus. Because again, I I don't want people to live in this world and hurt. And I do believe that God's word is a recipe. It's an instruction manual for how to live the best life, how to live the life that God has designed for you to live. Jesus says he wants you to live an abundant life, not a life full of pain and misery. And I think the best way to do that is to follow what God says. And Jesus himself loved people. And he loved everyone that he came into contact with, but he didn't leave them where he found them. He took a foul-mouthed sailor and renamed him Peter and built his church on this broken man. He took a crooked tax collector named Matthew and showed him the path of righteousness and changed his life forever. And he took an adulterous woman who had many, many men in her life that was not in accordance with the culture, and he gave her a new start and a new life in purity. Those who came to Jesus who wanted a better life, he changed their lives forever. However, those that came to Jesus thinking they had it all figured out and thinking they knew more than he did, they often left disappointed. Jesus does not require perfection, but he does require repentance. Repentance is just turning from your mistakes, whatever they are, and making a new way. 
we have this opportunity to show love and grace through the truth, even in this situation. But it's important that you know the tactics that will be used against you so you're able to do, as Paul says, and stand against the devil's schemes. I, I hope you're able to follow God through this. I hope that you're able to see through this that this is all done in the light of compassion and the heart of helping people understand more about God and understand more about how they live in this life. And this is a real thing that's happening, and it's a real thing that's going to happen more and more as we move through this administration and as we move through this culture. This culture does not like traditional values. They do not like religious beliefs. They do not like things that stand in the way of the progress that they want to make. And if you hold these values, if you stand for these values more and more, you're going to either be silenced or, as we mentioned, forced to say things that you just don't believe to be true. And you have to be ready for that. You have to steal, like like prepare your constitution, your own heart, your own insides to stand up for what is right and true. And that's going to be harder and harder. So I hope you're able to follow God more today, more deeply today, more strongly today than you were able to yesterday. And I hope that you're able to keep the faith. <laughs>